Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding liberal arts college. In this first edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2020-2021 school year, we'll check in with Mama's co-dean of students, Karen Orgazalik and Michelle Merritt. They'll tell us how the campus is adjusting to life during the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as how they help move in students to start the 2020 fall semester. It's a fascinating story, and they both have some interesting insight into how the pandemic could affect higher education as it moves forward. Monmouth College's 2020 fall semester officially got underway on Monday, August 17. That's when the introduction to liberal arts classes met, followed the next day by the rest of the fall classes. The semester is scheduled to end on November 24, Final exams and projects will be administered remotely after the Thanksgiving holiday. Of course, August 17 was a bit of an early start for fall classes at Monmouth. But like everything else in the world, schedules have been jumbled, rearranged, and reconfigured because of the COVID-19 pandemic. At Monmouth, students started to move back into the residence halls around the week of August 10, with the bulk of students arriving on campus August 15 through August 17. Two of the folks that helped make that happen were Karen Orgazalik and Michelle Merritt. They're the college's co-dean of students. Karen and Michelle are two of the folks at Monmouth who've been putting in long hours to make sure to deliver students the Monmouth educational experience as effectively as possible, while at the same time guarding the health and safety of the college's students, faculty, and staff. Karen and Michelle helped create a plan to bring students back to campus. They were in charge of welcoming the students back in early August, and since then, they've been working with students to adjust to life in the pandemic. As Karen says, the planning and the implementation was not unlike performing a symphony, and a very complex one at that. We had to communicate with a lot of people, um, started off with a small group, and then it just kept getting bigger as we went to realize that um, there are so many so many different moving parts that need to be involved. And to make the beginning of the year work, so many people had to play a role in it. So it was one person doing something that affected somebody else. And really it was kind of like an orchestra. Everybody had a musical instrument and everybody was playing it. And and luckily we had a nice symphony by the time that the students got here. Michelle says the process forced folks to use a lot of creativity and imagination. COVID-19 presented a really interesting challenge, and we had to rethink everything we did in a creative way. So, for example, uh, just the move-in process and what that looks like, Uh, new student orientation and what that looks like, and using remote learning. I mean, everything was completely new, so you have to really think on how to do this in the most effective way so they get the same experience that they would have had uh, in a normal year. So I think uh, everybody worked really, we worked really long hours uh, 
to prepare everything. And, but uh, in the end, it worked. To prepare for students' arrival on campus, traffic signs were posted in residence halls and classroom buildings, and the temperatures of all students and their guests were taken before a limited number of people were allowed to move students into residence halls. The move-in period was obviously a little different this year, and Karen says everyone did a great job pulling together to help students return to their college home. From the, from the actual physical move-in piece, um, we, we had our bubble of the campus to think about and how that was going to function. Um, what did we need to do for students? How did we need to confirm that they were healthy um, enough to move in? And then we have cars and multiple cars. Some people had U-Hauls. And so we had to figure out how that was all gonna work on campus. Um, obviously, we had to shake up our move-in process from previous years, but conveniently, we have two very large parking lots that we were able to set up systems in where the students could come in and be uh, checked with their temperature and then direct them on to the, um, to the residence hall. We had great support from our coaching staff and other students. Um, we had some RAs and some head residents and the OLs and mentors were involved, as well as other uh, staff members on campus. Um, but then the extended bubble is the, co is the community. Uh, we did have Ninth Street um, closed uh, one way, which is what we normally do uh, for the for move-in process. Um, but being able to pull people off the street so that there wasn't a traffic jam there, and then the same on Sixth Street. So, you know, we, we looked at our students first and how we get them on campus and then extended it to the to the greater community um, and making sure that you know we have all these students coming on campus we're all very excited about it um, the community is excited to have students back because it adds so much to the um, the fabric of our community and uh, we just want to make it a smooth process as smooth of a process as we possibly can um, one of the things I did hear from RAs, um, at least I was over in, on the 6th Street side, that the process of the times that we broke it down where they could come in and check in, it really helped when they moved in because it was not so many people at one time, which it generally is, and everybody's kind of traffic jamming in the hallways and on the stairwells. Um, but this time it was kind of a smoother process. And I think not only for our residence hall staff, but also for our students and their families moving in, um, it made it a little less anxiety filled for them. Michelle says the feedback she received from students and their family members was very positive. The families were wonderful. I mean, we had some, some upset people that they had to put a mask on and get a temperature, but honestly, I think for the most part, the families were very, very grateful that we were doing that, that we were taking temperatures and we were being so careful. Uh, they were very kind. I was on, I was on the, uh, the other side of campus with a lot of the new families and, um, and they, they were just very appreciative of us taking temperatures of everybody in the vehicle, grandma, uncle and aunts. There were a lot of people, there were siblings in there. And so um, they were appreciative. Another big key to getting ready for the return of students, as well as getting through the semester, was the incredible work being done by the folks in Mama's Physical Plant Division. Karen calls them some of the college's unsung heroes. I think it's important to remember that we have a structure that is unseen that really 
is the foundation of our institution sometimes. Um, you, you don't see that. You don't always see the custodians or um, Steely who takes the trash out four times a day and come and actually works every every day of the week and comes in and takes the garbage out. Um, and, and there's a lot of garbage right now because a lot of people are eating outside and we have we probably have four times the number of garbage cans uh, that, that we normally do. Um, but not only that, it's the, the cleaning in the residence halls and just the amount of cleaning. I mean, I, I thought they always did a good job of cleaning in the residence halls, but now they have to do it three or four times more than they used to. And um, they're really working hard. And I, I think they're kind of, all of them are the unsung heroes about um, the work that they do on campus. And, and I know that the students appreciate it. Uh, you know, they, they have such wonderful relationship, relationships with the custodians that are in the residence halls. And they're probably missing that right now because they come in early and they, they get in and they're not having those one-on-one -on -one conversations that they normally do. So that will be something that um, I think if we can get past this, at whatever time we get past this, that they will welcome that back again. And not to say that they're not communicating with them now, um, but again, it's a, it's, it, they come in, they do their thing and they, they get out and they move to the next building. And um, there is a lot of behind the scenes stuff that is happening that uh, we just couldn't do it without them. You're listening to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Karen Orgazalik and Michelle Merritt, who are the college's co-dean of students, are letting us know how the college prepared for this most unusual fall semester, as well as how things have progressed during the first couple weeks of fall classes. A couple signs of the time were that this fall's new student orientation events were either moved into a virtual format or into a socially distanced format. Dining service hours and arrangements have also been adjusted, and almost two dozen outdoor classrooms and four tented classrooms have been marked on the campus. As an aside, this podcast interview was recorded via Zoom so that the three of us could socially distance. Michelle says that educating students about living in this new environment is key, and so is a little peer pressure. I think coming to our environment, we had to make sure that everybody kind of knew how we were living and how we needed to all be respectful um, and function so we could make it through the end of the semester. So the first thing I think is just getting everybody in the habit of wearing masks and doing what they need to do to social distance in a care in a very caring way, right? So um, it's, it was a lot of education. <laughs> um, a lot by the entire campus, by faculty, by staff, by students, by students holding each other accountable as well. So um, I think, you know, students, they're, most students, they really, really want to be here. I think everybody really wants to be here to the end of the semester. Um, you know, some students are, are doing things that maybe uh, the other students don't really like. And we've had students confront other students, which is helpful um, because we, we all want to be here. So, um, you know, it is different because we, we have living environments that they're in and those students have to, have to, to confront those other students, you know, because we're not, we're not in those residence halls. Um, so that's, that's just one area. 
And Karen says that one reason Monmouth students are learning how to adjust to the new environment is because they want to be with their peers. I think the students want to be with their people. And um, it's, it's all the things that they want to do, and they're conflicted with the things they know they shouldn't be doing. Um, and they're finding ways to do the things that they can do. And, and that's really the message we're trying to, to give. Yes, we're educating the, the campus and creating a new culture of how things are going to be, but not stressing so much what you can't do, but what you can do. How do you do the things? Uh, for instance, bringing a, bringing a lawn chair. If you're gonna be in an outdoor classroom, you can bring a chair that you're comfortable sitting in rather than a, a chair, the, the red chairs that everybody is so familiar with. Um, maybe you don't want to sit in that. And, you know, going out at, um, you know, in the, in the evenings, seeing students sitting in their lawn chairs, socially distanced, wearing their masks, um, just talking is, is really what we want them to do. So we spend a lot of time talking with students about things that they can do. And, and how they can do it so that they can be with their people and they can be social. And this is their home. This is their home away from home. And the grass outside is their backyard. And they should be able to do things in their backyard the way that, that we all do in our backyards. So it's, it, they're finding their way. They're, they're getting there. Michelle says the new campus environment has some positive consequences, such as getting students to unplug a little bit from their devices. Uh, you know, our kids are on electronic devices all the time. And what I've seen is that I've seen so many people outside in groups, social distancing, but talking to each other and, and really connecting. And so maybe that's something, maybe that's something that will change throughout this process. I mean, there's, there's two different ways to look at it. We're doing more things uh, virtually, but maybe it's actually driving people outside and talking more. So that's actually good for, for our generations. This is the 1853 podcast. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the college's Office of Communications and Marketing, chatting with the college's co-dean of students, Karen Orgazalik and Michelle Merritt. It's been said that the COVID-19 pandemic will forever change American higher education, while most of those comments often pertain to how classes will be delivered in the future, Michelle points out that the virus's impact will also reverberate throughout many other facets of higher education for years to come. Every crisis presents an opportunity to make things better. And I think that, uh, you know, we've been talking about this with our staffs is, is that you really need to think what we're doing now and what is really working and what can we continue after COVID? I mean, after, uh, there's several things that we can do in a different way now. I mean, there's so many interactions that are uh, through Zoom. Um, we've had to think so creatively. It is really, it's allowed us to just open our minds and think in different ways. But yeah, we've already talked about it. We've already said to our staff, I want you to think what works right now. And then let's continue to do it in that way. Um, let's not go back to the old way. We can't, we can't, you can't go back. Um, we just got to keep moving forward. But yeah, we've learned a lot from this experience. Karen also says that the ubiquitous new normal that people refer to because of the pandemic will usher in a new way of doing things in higher education. I think we've been kind of chugging away and trying to improve all the time. And um, we have a, a normal, we had a normal, we had an explosion. And now we have a new normal. 
and what is that going to look like and how can we better serve the students and um, like Michelle said we you do have to think outside the box where before we were thinking at the lid now we're way outside of it and we're really looking at different ways to to do things and um, this generation of students is much more in tuned and connected to their their um, their internet and their Wi-Fi and that's how we're reaching them where we used to pick up a phone and call a student or email a student now we're texting them and so it's everything is happening in real time and so we have to think about how we present our programs and how we effectively reach them in that real time that they want to live in. That's Karen Orgazalik. You also heard from Michelle Merritt. They are Mama's co-dean of students and two of the folks who've planned for and helped orchestrate this 2020 fall semester that's been like none other in the history of Monmouth College. And that's going to be a 30 for this first edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2020-2021 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and stay healthy.